You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. The cross is everywhere. You may even have grown so used to seeing it that it means nothing when you do. That's pretty normal. We grow accustomed to things. You've seen it on WhatsApp memes, hung in people's homes and maybe your own, hung around people's necks or on their ears or wrists, shining metal, or tattooed on their skin. The truth is that these crosses can't mean the same thing to all people who use them to decorate their lives. But, no matter where you see it, no matter who wears it or who adorns their life with it, one thing is true. The meaning is not taken away. The cross is a simple expression of the center of our faith. It can be an empty cross or a crucifix, bearing the image of our crucified Redeemer. Every cross captures the core of the Christian hope, because Jesus Christ was crucified and has risen from the dead, there is forgiveness as well as the promise of resurrection into life everlasting for every believing sinner. The cross is a common symbol of our salvation sprinkled throughout our world. To preach Christ is always to preach his cross. The Apostle Paul reminded the Corinthians of this. And I, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-2 The Christian gospel is not complicated. This is why theologians and even pastors like myself try to make it more complex, you know, for job security. <laughs> but also because the cross is offensive and it is an offense. It offends the people who believe they need no help. It is offensive to the polite who think that no real blood needed to be shed for them. It goes against us that God would achieve his highest purpose through humiliation. It goes against our taste that God would enter poverty and the physicalness of this world using human flesh and bone, nails, spear, and wood, bone, sweat, and spit. In the gospel that Jesus proclaims, everything is turned inside out and upside down. In our world, winners take all. In his kingdom, the best place is the lowest seat. As Jesus tells us in his story about the wedding feast, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's from Luke chapter 14, verse 11. Likewise, whoever places their lives 
and hopes with Jesus needs a radical change of mind and attitude. As Jesus says it in Mark chapter 8, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Just what does it mean to deny yourself and take up your cross? Last week I commented, jabbed a little bit, that missionaries and pastors and Christians everywhere love to let you know how much they have sacrificed. We all cannot stop trying to make our faith one based upon our old Adam desires. To know that we are contributing something. To know that we have added something to our salvation. I would suggest that denying yourself includes denying your flesh the opportunity to take credit for the faith and repentance that have been gifted to you. To speak of denying in the most positive sense, though, in the biblical sense, there are some who have turned their backs on riches and fame and taken up serving the poor and the destitute in Jesus' name. Others have given up promising careers as impressive people <laughs> and gone to seminary or Bible school to learn to preach the gospel and pastor churches. Still others contend with physical disability or chronic illness every day of their lives. Some are mocked regularly and ridiculed as being prejudiced or haters because they uphold biblical truth instead of cultural fads and norms. For those who think rightly about this, they are counting it all a good kind of loss, as does the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 11. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Each of the examples given fit into a larger pattern. The Christian life is upside down. It follows the pattern of Jesus' cross. As he won by losing... So we live by dying. In his cross and by his death, he won life for us all. So upon his invitation, we follow Jesus, even though it may bring us suffering, misery, and loss. For all, the cross is a sign of challenge. In response to Jesus' call, people in every generation have confessed him boldly in word and in deed, no matter the consequences. We have the ancient examples of almost all the apostles, Polycarp, who was taught by the apostle John, and Perpetua and Felicity, all stories that you should look up if you don't know them. 
or the many martyrs who come from northern Africa today, many of which have just been in the last five years. You may remember the men from 2015 who were beheaded on a North African beach in their orange prison uniforms. Take your pick of the vivid pictures of the cost of discipleship. We know that the price can be high. But to be a Christian witness doesn't always call for martyrdom, that is, giving your life. Nor do you need to be a pastor or a missionary or a social service worker to serve Jesus. Every Christian in his or her daily calling is challenged to put Jesus and his kingdom above every selfish motivation. To deny themselves. In other words, then, follow Jesus where he takes you. To count all else as loss. No matter your circumstances or your daily occupation, Jesus is calling you to follow his lead. Even if he takes you to places you would rather not go. Whether you're young or old, married or single, no matter your job or role in society, Jesus' invitation is challenging. Deny yourself, he says. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus would be easier to follow if he would just leave out the part about the cross. But that's the thing about Jesus. <laughs> you cannot separate him from his cross. Self-denial and hardship come together in his discipleship package. You can't sidestep or get away from the cross. To be very serious, Jesus wouldn't be much of a savior without his cross, would he? By his cross and in his death, he rescued us all from the clutches of sin, death, and hell. The cross was the price he paid to free us from that bondage, that slavery. Because of our sins, we deserve nothing but God's judgment and condemnation. Yet by his redeeming death, Jesus has canceled out the judgment we deserved. Just like we confess together from Colossians chapter 2, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Likewise, he has utterly defeated Satan and his demons publicly with his cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in the cross, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Since Christ Jesus laid down his life for us, forgiveness and a whole eternity of joy and acceptance await every believing sinner in the resurrection. We may not want the cross. The neighbor we share the good news with may not want the cross. But if it is the cross of Jesus, then we know he has won salvation for us through it. And finally, the cross is a sign of ownership. In a way that doesn't quite seem to make sense to us, you and I find new hope through the crosses that come our way. 
If we were to continue merrily along, indulging our selfish ambitions, we would find ourselves not only pushed away from those we love, but estranged from God himself. So when you encounter hardship as a Christian, each of us will discover that the cross can be God's instrument of healing love in our life. Sometimes he needs to put us in a tight spot so that he can draw us closer to him. Over and over again, we have seen this in our own lives and in the lives of those whom we care for. It goes against our best thinking, but when you remember that what seems backward and upside down to us is actually right side up with Jesus, it makes perfect sense. What looked like tragedy at Calvary was triumph in disguise. Though the enemies of Jesus mocked him in his death, he won eternal victory by what looked like defeat. By his cross, he forced the retreat of Satan in all of his schemes. It's similar with your cross. In winning, you lose. But in losing for Jesus' sake, you win. You'll be humbled, but Jesus lifts up the lowly. In giving, you receive. In forgiving, you are forgiven. And in dying, you are born to eternal life. So don't be surprised to discover that when you're down and out, you can see what really matters more clearly. If you're looking for an anchor in the storms of life, look to Jesus who bought you with his blood and his cross. You'll get to know him better when you experience what it means to deny yourself. So take up your cross and follow the path that he sets before you. The way of the cross, though frightening, sometimes the long way around and confusing, leads home. To know Jesus and experience the power of his resurrection here and now, we must share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And in the end, we will each take our place in glory in the resurrection of all the faithful. Philippians 3, 10-11 First the cross, to be sure, but then the crown. Thanks be to God and Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.